welcome to the Marriage Professors Podcast. I am so excited that you are joining me today for yet another episode. And today's episode is going to be absolutely amazing because we are going to talk about the one factor that pulls all of the strings in your relationship. And that one factor is your mindset. It pulls all the strings, just like when we're thinking about a puppet and and its actions and how it moves about, it's connected to a string. And multiple strings rather and but who's controlling that string there's a person and we're thinking if we were thinking about your relationship being a puppet there's a your mindset is controlling how you operate as an individual in your relationships and so what I want to do today is provide you with some helpful information that can maybe uh, help you better examine your mindset and make sure that it is creating and guiding you as the actor in your relationship in a healthy direction. Okay, so we're going to have some fun. I am so excited. As an overview, first we'll talk about the importance of recalibrating your mindset, making sure that your mindset is working for you. Then we'll move into social cognition. What is it exactly? Uh, And then we'll talk about confirmation bias and the power of perception. That is really the nuts and bolts and the meat of this episode. And it's going to be I can't wait. It's so exciting. And we'll also talk about your own personal filter by which you experience your relationship. And as you know, I wouldn't be the marriage professor if I didn't leave you with a little homework (laughs) for you to take this information to the next level. So what does it mean to recalibrate? So to recalibrate, it means to determine the correct range for something. Uh, And and when we're thinking about our mindset, our mindset that, you know, we can be in a healthy range or we can be in an unhealthy range with respect to stinking thinking. And when that stinking thinking gets into operation, our behavior will follow and it probably will smell foul as well. And when you recalibrate, it means to create a plan or devise something so carefully so that you have a precise use and application of it. And so essentially, so that it works better for you. And so we want to create a plan and we want to have some precise mindset shifts that work for us to ensure that we are being used in our relationship as our best selves so that we're showing up and we're acting and we're behaving and we're performing as our best selves and how our mindset can guide that. So what is social cognition? So by very definition, social cognition is a term that refers to all of the mental processes of perception, interpretation, belief, and memory. And it's how we evaluate and understand ourselves and other people. And so really, it's all about how we think about our relationships. So how do you think about your marriage? Because your thinking about your marriage is going to impact how you show up and it's going to impact your overall experience. It's going to be pulling those strings. 
Okay. So really, and the thing about it is that we want to confirm those those beliefs that we have. We call it confirmation bias. And so what happens is this is how your mindset is really guiding your behavior and your experience because we are more likely to pursue information that will support our beliefs than inquire about data that could disprove them. And so that means that if we have a belief about how our relationship will transpire, we're even going to look for evidence that confirms that. And so if you are thinking negatively about your relationship, you're going to look for evidence in your relationship that confirms that. But if you have positive attributions about your partner's behavior or a positive view and slant, you're going to look for behavior and experiences that confirm that. And so the mindset is just, it's, it's just a very powerful entity when we're thinking about our relationships. And so now I want to dig deeply into the power of perception. And it's, it's not really all about what happens to us. It's really about how we perceive what has happened to us. And it's really our explanation of events that gives it, it gives it meaning. So, you know, I'm, I teach a class and, you know, all the students are in there at the same time experiencing the same exact experience. But one student could get something totally different and think that, oh, the lecture was amazing. Another student could fall asleep and not really think it was amazing. I think I'm pretty entertaining, but hey, you know, and, you know, it's the same people and, you know, it's the same experience, different people and different perceptions. And that can definitely, so it's really our attribution or our explanations of events. And so these are called um, attributional processes. So what are the attributions that you give even to your partner? Okay, now, um, so either your attributions can be relationship enhancing, so, or they can be relationship distressing. It could be distress maintaining. And we want to definitely engage in attributions that help to maintain the relationship satisfaction. And this is so, it's really honestly giving your partner grace right and 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 looking to the good and 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 i think that is so very powerful and so relationship enhancing attributions help to maintain relationship satisfaction by giving partners credit for their kindness not dismissing it not saying oh they did this just because but really giving them credit for their kindness and explaining their their misbehavior in a through a positive lens, okay? Through a positive lens. So how does how does this operate? So when we think about couples who typically are happy, um, they utilize relationship enhancing attributions. So even when they have a positive experience with their partner, they say that they attribute it to that person's internal character. They think it's a stable characteristic and they think that's within their partner's control. 
Now, how does this operate when the partner may do behavior that is negative? Because right, no one is perfect. But when ne- when they encounter negative behavior from their partner, what they, the attributions that they give um, are that this was external. This was something that, that was maybe beyond their cert, uh, control. Um, they believe it's unstable. This is not like my partner. And they think it was uncontrollable right? Let's just take a case in point here. Um, You're going out to dinner and you just, you know, back in the days when we were going, driving to work, (laughs) you know, and you're going to meet your spouse or your, or your, you know, friend after work. And, you know, you, you have a designated time and it's 30 minutes after the time and you haven't heard from them. So if you have positive attributions for your partner, then you'll say that, okay, something must have happened. Um, maybe they um, got stuck in traffic and or their phone went dead. But if you have a distress maintaining um, lens or attributions that you give to your partner, you say, well, they're just always inconsiderate. You, When they make mistakes, you say it's something internal. And you say that this is a stable characteristic and it is within their control. And so it's it's how you explain those experiences. And so if you explain experiences negatively, regardless if it's positive or negative, then that's going to pull the strings of your relationship. It's going to pull the strings of how you show up. And then it's also going to pull the strings of your experiences. And so what we see is that for unhappy partners, they typically use distress-maintaining attributions to explain one another's behaviors. And what this does is it perpetuates their distress. So engaging in, you know, explaining all of their experiences negatively, it actually perpetuates their distress and it heightens it. So even when they're even thinking about the relationship, it it is it, hurtful um, it, and it causes distress. So and so the case in point here is for those unhappy couples, even when positive experiences happen, they say it's external, it's unstable, and it was uncontrollable that they engage in a positive way. But when their partner engages in a negative um, behavior, then they say that that was part of their character internal and it was within their control. And if you're interested in learning a little bit more about this research, this comes from um, data from Brim Casson and it's in the uh, Journal of Social Psychology. It was published back in the 90s um, if you want to look a little bit deeper into that. But not only does your perception uh, guide your current experience with your spouse or your or your significant other, it also can reconstruct how you view the past. Right. And so our memories, um, we we actually do not store our memories as accurately as we may think. Okay, and really we have a reconstructive memory and our memories are really continually revised and rewritten as new events occur. And so, you know, 
really your current feelings about your spouse can even influence how you view your shared past. And people sometimes, you know, if they are in an unhappy relationship and they're unhappy currently, they'll even look back on past good times and say, oh, it wasn't all that because they are reconstructing their memory in a negative way. Now, I see this even sometimes in therapy because I would say nine times out of 10, people get married because they probably really love each other (laughs) and they foresee a positive future with this person. Nine times out of 10, I'm giving people benefit of the doubt. But sometimes when people come to see me and they've had long term issues and and that they have not been able to overcome and they're, you know, at a, it's a volatile relationship emotionally, then sometimes they'll say, they'll, they'll look back on their past and say, well, you know, I wasn't really ever all that happy. And sometimes that's really not the truth. And what has happened is they have reconstructed even their past experiences with this individual, but it also works on the flip side such that, you know, every marriage, every relationship hits a storm. And what we see is that, you know, couples who are at a happier place, they can look back on those storms and look back on them and in a more positive light. Even though it was a storm, they can recognize it for such, as such, but their view on it is a little bit more positive. And that's and so you can even reconstruct past negative experiences in a positive light. So th- this reconstructive memory can work and in, in, in both ways. So, you know, and that's the thing that I love to encourage my couples to do is to think about those cherished memories, you know, and actually take them in for what they were and marinate on those good times and and be able to look at them in a positive way and even reconstruct those bad times as, well, we were overcomers. We got through that. And another piece is the relationship beliefs component. And we all have various different paradigms by which we view marriage, right? And so these really are kind of these overarching beliefs that we and assumptions that we have about the institution. And 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 so we want to ensure that those beliefs are working for us. And there are two different types of relationship beliefs. One is a destiny belief. And, and, and this one is, it's really kind of that whole idea of if I marry the right person, then I'll live happily ever after. And so destiny beliefs assume that two people are either well suited for each other and destined to live happily ever after, or they're not. And actually this destiny belief is, is actually problematic because it actually takes the work out of the process of building a healthy marriage because it takes work regardless if you have compatibility. Now, compatibility is important and it's important, I believe, to have, you know, shared values. Now, we see this in in research, you know, the stable, happy marriages, they they typically do have similar core values and that's what really matters. Um, But your personalities can be different. You can view things differently based on your perspective. And oftentimes you do. And, but 
you know, what's problematic about this destiny belief is that people may figure, oh, I just married the wrong one. It's hard. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. We're not living happily ever after. So apparently I married the wrong person. And that is just a misconception. And But there's another relationship belief that actually can work for your relationship, which is the growth belief uh, uh, pers- uh, perspective. And that assumes that a good relationship develops gradually as the result of hard work. You know, I always give that example from Gary Thomas, where he talks about building a healthy marriage. It's not like planting a tree. You know, you just put the tree there and then you believe the sun will shine, the water will pour, and it'll grow on its own. But building a strong marriage is like building a house and you do it brick by brick by brick is that steady consistency, putting in that work every day. And even after the house is built, it's that daily maintenance and even sometimes reconstructing things as needed. And so this growth uh, uh, mindset, it really reminds me of the growth mindset that has been very well studied um, by Caroline Dweck. She's at Stanford. I believe that's the university she's at. She's She even has a book um, on the growth mindset. And, you know, when we believe that our abilities can grow, we actually try a little bit harder. So if you believe, oh, well, this is just destined, just Oh, I found my soulmate. No, you become someone's soulmate. You grow in your capacity to love them at that deepest level. And so, you know, really, I want to encourage you to know that regardless of where you are in your marriage right now or your relationship right now, if you feel like hmm, there's a lot of value in what we have and what we're creating and it may not be perfect, you can grow. You as an individual can grow and the way that you can grow is changing that mindset, shifting that mindset into that growth mindset right? Challenging, you know, your perceptions, challenging, you know, every perception and belief that is not in alignment with where you really want to go in your relationship. Now, now, so we've talked about the power of perception, right? With regard to attributions, relationship beliefs, but another way that perception definitely impacts your marriage or your relationship is through your expectations, and the reality is that we we oftentimes get the reactions that we expect from others. And so it's so critical that we expect the best, that we have realistic yet high expectations of the relationship because, you know, our expectations really kind of serve as they can become self-fulfilling prophecies. Right. And if we have these false predictions, let's just say you 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 could be in a good relationship, but you haven't seen yourself making it to the, you know, 
your elderly years and you're just waiting for all the chips to fall. You're just waiting for this person to disappoint you like maybe someone has disappointed you in the past. When that happens and that mindset is set up, oftentimes it can become a self fulfilling prophecy. Because as I was saying before, you know, with confirmation bias, what happens is we look for evidence that confirms our beliefs, even when those predictions are false. So sometimes those false predictions can become true because that mindset started to pull the strings on our behavior. And it led, it can lead you and it can lead us to behaving in, a, in ways that makes those erroneous expectations come true. And so I want, you know, for all of us and myself included, sometimes I'm like, okay, Cassandra, how are you viewing this gift? This gift of marriage. And, you know, we all have a past. We all have, you know, maybe some past relationships that didn't work out or things of that nature. But the beauty of a marriage is that you signed up for life. And so you don't have to predict that, oh, this this is going to end or this may go down the wrong path. Predict the best. What is your vision? What is your what is your vision? And really, sometimes when we have remember, as I was talking about recalibrating your mindset and sometimes what happens is those negative views really kind of may come from ourselves and how we could potentially view ourselves and um, with our self-concept. And when we're thinking about self-concept, we also engage in self-verification. And what that means is it is the motive that leads us to seek feedback that supports and verifies our existing self-concepts. So that means how we view ourselves, we're looking for feedback that supports that. So really, you know, your mindset is not just on how you think the relationship will transpire. Your mindset is another important element is how do you view yourself? What are your beliefs? What are your expectations? What are your views and your perceptions on yourself? Because that's how you're going to operate. You're going to play out the script that you have in your mind about you. And, you know, I I was telling someone the other day, I was in therapy and I was just encouraging her. And I said, you know, when we keep the same script that may not be working for us, Sometimes we can find new actors and eventually they will fall in line with our current script. And so we sometimes have to rewrite the script and the story that we even have about ourselves. We have to rewrite that script because if that self-concept is not healthy, ooh, it can be extremely problematic. And what we see is that self-verification becomes more potent than in more committed partnerships. And for people, this is based on research um, by Swan and colleagues um, and the Journal of Personality and, so- and Social uh, Psychology. And 
and and what she you know what they found overall in this research was that people with negative self-concepts actually feel closer to spouses who do not approve of them because they want to verify those negative self-concepts and sometimes they they are they get that from their partners so this is this is some critical work guys that we have to do you know on ourselves but you know that's you know when we have those positive self-concepts that can be very powerful as well and we can get reinforcement and that can even be verified by our partners you know if you, and so i so the positivity it does not start with you just viewing your marriage positively or view, viewing your partner positively, but also giving yourself that grace and viewing yourself positively, seeing yourself as a good husband, seeing yourself as a good wife. And eventually the strings will that are connected to that mindset will shape your behavior. And then you'll be engaging and behaving and playing out in ways that are relationship enhancing. Oh my goodness. I hope that you got some value out of this. But as 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 I always say, <laughs> What is the homework? <laughs> what is the work that you can do to really apply this information? And one is, you know, one question, maybe journal it, put it in your phone. What is a positive belief that you can create about the future of your marriage or your relationship? What is that? Um, what are you fond of or do you admire in your spouse that's going to help to bring alive that relationship enhancement attributions right and even research from dr john gottman shows that happy couples are typically um, fond of and admire their spouses but that is a choice to focus in and zero in on the good. And that's what I want you to do. There's some good there that we can definitely amplify. Good that we can amplify in ourselves and good we can amplify in each other. Okay, so uh, that's all for today. I definitely enjoyed this so much. I hope that you got a lot of value out of it. I am so excited. I am actually in the works for creating a free conference called the Mission Minded Marriage Conference. And it's going to be so exciting. I'm so excited. It's going to be held in September. So just keep your calendars marked. Um, this is kind of like a save the date. It will be virtual, but it will be powerful. Yes, it will. Until next time, this is Dr. Cassandra Bolar signing off, and I look forward to seeing you. Thank you.